Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Hey, welcome back for another episode of the HR for Small Business podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Hey, I am with Molly Kelly. She is a returning guest, a valued Zenium employee, and this is kind of a sad episode. Molly would be leaving us soon. And so we're going to do an episode all about amicable transitions and what that looks like. So I first wanted to just ask you, how long, how much notice did you actually give? I think it'll wind up being almost three months. Yeah. Which feels appropriate for a 10-year, you know, in July, I would be yeah. in a 10-year um, career. You know, it could have been longer, honestly. We're moving for family reasons, and I won't actually have a job lined up in Michigan when, we're, when we relocate. You which won't. Is you will not un- Intentionally. I am uh, I'm really... Some break. Yeah, yeah. I'm really going to focus on, you know, kind of getting my family settled in. Good for you. I'm moving my seven-year-old and my 76-year-old father at the same time, too. So there's a lot of coordination in addition to, you know, helping my husband coordinate with a new job on his end and looking for housing in a, a completely new area of the country for me. So we're we're dealing with a lot of change. So I think that'll be my focus for a while. Well, good for you for taking some time yeah. off. I think that's that's Indeed. super important. It's bittersweet though. Yeah. You, you're given obviously a lot of notice, yeah. uh, but for a tenured em- employee like yourself, that's probably, is that normal? You know, it really depends. I think, you know, that's kind of what made me think to reach out to you and say, you know, this isn't something we tend to talk about very Mm -hmm. much. We talk about the... I jumped at the opportunity to talk to you about this. It's You have a personal story about this. I do, but it's also something I'm seeing these days. You know, we're getting to a place in both you know, career lives where a lot of my peers are making major transitions. Um, Either they've been in a role for a while and they're ready to try something new or they're stepping back to spend more time with family, aging parents or young Mm -hmm. children. So it kind of feels like it's surrounding me in my personal life, but it's certainly something that I'm seeing with my clients as well. And, you know, we tend to focus on the icky, sticky, painful termination for cause, you know, when people leave. But the reality is we have all kinds of amicable transitions that happen for a whole variety of reasons that we don't really tend to talk about that much. So yeah. I thought it'd be an interesting topic to delve into a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. I want to stick on uh, stick to you for a few minutes yeah. if we could. So you've been with Zenium, I think, nine and a half Yeah, it'll years. be 10 in July if I, if I was here that so long. So <laughs> your sabbatical, what's going on with that? Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm uh, foregoing my sabbatical in favor of a smooth transition for the team. Yeah. And I figure my sabbatical will come on the shores of Lake Michigan there once you go. we get settled. Yeah, so. that, that sounds pretty nice. <laughs> it, um, what, what's interesting, uh, just from my perspective, is I've been here eight and a half years. You've been here almost 10. Yeah. 
I am remembering, I'm pretty sure you did a drug test for me when I first started. I probably did. Pee yeah. in this cup. There's yeah. really no better way to form a quick relationship. We don't do that no. anymore here on site. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't. No, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, you know, you and I are bonded forever over that experience. That but... you held my pee for <laughs> right? like five seconds. Yeah. Exactly. It's so weird. But I had Absolutely. to I had to slide that in there just yes. because we have We're drug a, test we have a we have a connection yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, which not to be taken, you know, the wrong way. Not drug test buddies, but you know, we're drug test <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So people in your sort of situation where they're looking at like, I've been with a company for 10 years and they're thinking about transitioning, whether for a yeah. reason like yourself or just not a fit anymore, not passionate, whatever the reason may be. Yeah. Let's put that aside. Yeah. What's a typical transition timeline? You know, we see everything from the two week notice, the two week notice. That's yeah. kind of a joke for um, that long, right? It, you know, for me, when you're in a senior position um, as a senior leader, you know, if you can give more notice, it's greatly appreciated. There are circumstances that are beyond our control frequently. So, you know, I know other people who've gone through a transition like this where, you know, the timing was such that they may not have been able to take the other position because of if they had not oh, jumped absolutely. on a two week notice. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. So if another employer, saying basically it's you know two weeks or we have to yeah. move on to our next candidate because we've got something going on critical on our end there are times when that that timeline is escalated from a month you know down to two weeks or something like that but you know i think so much of what we do here at zenium is about relationships totally. that for me two weeks would not have even scratched the surface, well and we you know? also work consultants as well yep. so we're dealing with clients um, yep. and you know you're a trusted person for them yeah. and you have like you know, 30 different cultures you got to worry yes, about. And absolutely. with the transition, you have to deal with all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. As soon as you have client service thrown in the mix, you know, you're dealing with, um, for a long-term employee, kind of a grieving process with the internal team, your absolutely. teammates. So, you know, for me with Brandon, for me with Angela and Lacey, Tana, you know, my entire team, uh, you know, the payroll team benefits. But then we take a step wider in that circle and we look at what's the impact to clients and then more importantly how do we support that transition when that happens so for us i think there's you know added pressure and i think for every business there's going to be some complications so if you were an accounting firm figuring out the intricacies of handoff you know in terms of timing for tax cycles and things like that i mean every company has its own challenges and certainly job by job there are challenges i think as a transitioning employee one of the things that we tend to fall into is this thinking that you know i'm irreplaceable that mm. only i can do this and for certainly for me i've gotten to the point where i've had to step back and realize that my style the way that i work with my clients is my style and that they don't need an exact replica of molly to be incredibly successful and well supported by Zenium. so there's some kind of stages of realization and especially when as I have been in this transition, such a valued partner and with the senior leadership team around who would take parts of my job. It's a very wonderful feeling, but there's also, there needs to be a moment of trust of just saying, you know, it will be fine. I've got an amazing team. Whoever steps up to the plate here will do well. So there's that internal external struggle of what happens from here. And it's both freeing and, you know, frightening to think about, you know, not being there at the same time. When you first knew that you're going to make a transition, was the decision to do a three month transition your decision or an agreed upon or because it seems like you're you're you have this balance because you're talking about like you internally think you're irreplaceable. So it's like, why yeah. wouldn't they want me for another six months right. as I'm transitioning? Yeah. 
But then it's like, well, isn't that just a little awkward and long? It can so be. So then when the yep. employer pushed back and said, you know, actually a month's good. If yeah. you're good with that, Absolutely. we'll just part ways. So what's the balance like? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, and I think about this both from an employer perspective and then personally in my own experience. You know, for me, the three-month transition was really around this you know, you know me, Brandon, I'm an open book. So for me, it was very hard to come into work every day knowing that we were getting our house ready for sale, Mm. you know, preparing to change schools, things like that. And in this day and age where everybody's connected via social media, I had a real fear that something would get out, you know, via Facebook or, you know, LinkedIn or something like that as well. And I really did not want to be disrespectful to my leadership team and and my teammates and my clients here at Zenium. So there was a need to communicate quickly. Um, And at the same time, John and I decided early on, we really wanted, it was important to us to have Liam finish his school year here. So, and it takes time to do all this stuff when we're in this, in this case, we're relocating. So that makes a big difference. I think that what does happen though, and I've seen this, you know, in many cases is, you can get a sense of short timer syndrome. You know, so there are situations where we've seen employees that are good, solid, dedicated employees who've given two months notice or a month's notice or even three weeks notice. And it's hard to continue coming in and giving 150%. And I am lucky right now that I've got the excitement of Hmm. handing off to some really great people and some other projects that are coming my way through Zenium that will be interesting and exciting. It'll keep you engaged until the day you leave. And the transition itself, you know, moving from one business partner to another with each of these clients is something that is going to take time and attention. So I'm not experiencing that at this time, but I've seen it with my clients who've had longer term employees that, you know, have out of an abundance of courtesy given a long notice, you know, and have personally suffered for it. And then sometimes the employer suffers because, you know, people kind of start to drift a little bit or aren't feeling as comfortable. And frequently, those are the good ethical folks who come forward and say, you know what, I'm sorry, I know I told you it would be three weeks, but two is really all I can do. Interesting. Who did you tell first? Because you you said you worried about it going on yeah. social media and just like people yeah. talk. We're so connected now. Yeah. I tell you when that email came out, the company, yeah. I was completely surprised. Yeah. I was... I think I told you in, in an email response, I, I mean, I had tears. Yeah. I, I really, I mean, it was, it's always so hard yeah. when you are going to lose somebody that you absolutely love. So it's, it's hard. It is hard. And especially in our world where we deal with the terms resignation and separation all the time, you know, when I sent These an email, words. <laughs> when I sent an email that said resignation, everybody assumed it was some kind of an update on a process, not personal yes. resignation. So, you know, it was, it was actually kind of a free ring circus the day that I came in to give my notice. I could hardly breathe. I was so close to the edge of tears. I mean, even talking to you about this right now, I'm right on the edge. It's it's still really hard for me. And so I was trying to track down Alicia, who is my manager. Who is my cousin. And she was, who is your cousin. Yeah. And she was in a meeting downstairs in the basement. So her stuff was here, which kept giving me hope. So I kept drifting but past her the anxiety office. levels are rising oh, yeah. at the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we have, you know, as you know, we have cubicle land here. So everybody can see everybody. And so for me to come traipsing over to Alicia's office four times in the space of about 30 oh, minutes. In tears, I think the entire team on that end of the building outside of, you know, Alicia's area was like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, I I doubt people have an awareness of their surroundings like that, though. No, no. No clue. You know, there were a few people who kind of sensed that something was up, especially when I was frantically asking for Alicia. And yeah, at some point, I, an investigation could yeah, have happened or something. Right? Where, yeah. Bad news, right? 
So at some point I ran into Tana and Tana had my ma- been my manager until about the month prior. Who's our VP of yeah, HR. VP of yeah. HR. And I, she could see that I was upset. And so we just stepped into her office. And so I formally told Tana first only because I couldn't find Alicia. But I really, out of respect to Alicia and a long-term friendship, wanted to tell Alicia first. And unfortunately, she was hiding in a, in a meeting in the basement. So, you know, <laughs> We call that the garden yeah, level. <laughs> right. You know, and, and we have an organization where we are so apolitical and open and authentic in our communication that there was no concern around, you know, you know, who do I tell first from that perspective? It was more, I wanted to make sure I did it right by Zenium yeah. before figuring out what was right for Molly. And so I was prepared to wait quite a while to tell the rest of the team. Yeah. Thankfully, Alicia encouraged me to send out an email later that afternoon. Oh, same day. Yep, same day, which I really appreciated because this is my family. It's been my home for 10 years. It's what's kept us in Oregon this entire time is is Zenium. So it was handled very respectfully on Zenium's side, which I really appreciated. And those are the moments, you know, from stepping back from my personal experience and just saying as as an HR consultant, you know, when you have a long-term loyal employee those are the moments that both attest to that relationship. You know, when a senior leadership team has the trust in the employee to say, well, we'll trust that you will let your clients know at you know appropriate moments and that we'll handle this well and that you'll remain engaged and all of that. And that, that at the same time that, you know, from my perspective as an employee, the team is also saying to me, you know, we want to make this comfortable for you because it was such a massive transition for me personally that it was pretty painful, um, you know, at moments. I'm glad you kind of shed light on the communication timeline yeah. because I, I've seen it a couple of different ways. I actually read this book called Disrupted. It was talking about oh, the yeah. tech industry and it's kind of ruthless in a way. It's like, it can be. And, yep. and the person writing this book described it as like, you know, one day somebody's there working and getting along with the team and they're all about culture and they're having beer you know in the afternoons and whatnot and having free candy and stuff and then the next day the boss is sending out an email saying they've graduated in this like weird cryptic way like person obviously got fired or something but yeah then you talk about when you make the decision to transition out and it's like this three-month process and they're encouraging you to communicate openly with everybody that just seems so different so so healthy Yeah, yeah i agree you know, I went through, uh, was supporting a client, you know, moments before coming to meet with you today, yeah. Brandon, with a long-term employee, a nine-year employee who is ready for her next chapter. And, you know, the same kind of thing, their their consideration is around, you know, having a really positive email go out. You know, in my case, it came from me directly. In this case, it came from the company president, just praising everything that this person has done for the company for nine long years. Immediately, the consideration around, you know, let's do a lunch to celebrate. You know, every culture is different, but it really is true that how we say goodbye is just as important yeah. as how we welcome new people in. Both that, of those That's actually a fantastic point. Yeah. yeah. And they often get, you know, it often gets overlooked because we're so busy and we're thinking about what's next on the employer side, what's yeah. next. Um, and yet you forget that, you know, people, and this is happening a lot. We've got an entire generation of folks right now that are within the next 10, 15 years facing retirement potentially. And, you know, how we honor that service and also how we capture that legacy knowledge is going to be absolutely critical. And in Portland, at least, it's a small town. So if people leave us and they move on to another company, the chances are pretty high that our paths are going to cross within the industry, whatever industry you're in. Yeah. You know, going back to the timeline thing. So you, you told managers, they encouraged you to send out an email later that day. It's interesting because when I see emails like that occasionally, 
as an employee, you're sort of like, well, I don't know any backstory. So a lot of times you're like, there's something this is weird. Is it authentic? Is it not? And I think there's probably like your email was, is very, it came from you and mm-hmm. it was your decision and, and it was all about that. And you're very open about it. And but re- I've also. Relocation s- makes it easier. So absolutely. It's not, I'm, I'm not leaving to go to another consulting company yeah. right down the street. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's a little bit more straightforward. You're totally transparent about it. And I think if you're probably going to give advice to to clients who are, who are doing these transition type emails and encouraging their employees to send on emails. Do you think open and authentic is the way to go? Or do you think like, you know, bare minimum? Depends what on do the you circumstances. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, if we're taking amicable transitions where somebody has resigned or um, they are leaving for family reasons or, you know, retiring or something like that, it's easy. I think it's when maybe it's still amicable. We're not yeah. terminating this person, but they're resigning because they are very unhappy with decisions made by management or, you know, their current job structure or what have you, then it's important to potentially control the narrative a little bit more. And that doesn't feel comfortable. Yeah. But I think, you know, really at that point, communicating to the employee respectfully, you know, we'd really like to have the communication be future focused. You were such a valued member of this team that it is going to rock a lot of people to have you leaving. So if you can talk about kind of your transition, how long you'll be here, if there's somebody appointed to take your you know position, questions can be directed to that person. I mean, typically that's the kind of thing that a manager would handle. But True. if we want the communication to come from the employee, then you know that makes sense yeah. too. But I think you know you're making a choice and extending trust that that person will engage you know professionally, and it really has to be gauged on the relationship as it stands, which you know is so situational. It's hard to advise on. Is Email the best way to communicate or That's a good is, there, question. is there meetings? Yeah. Is there, is there some other format? I mean, do yeah. you walk around? Do you, I, I what do you yeah. do? I, you know, I think um, in a lot of cases when we've done key employee transitions, you know, with a runway um, like this and sometimes without a runway, but a quick company stand up meeting mm. is, is a great idea for an organization that doesn't have a lot of remote employees. Yeah, so in sure. my case, you know, with Sunny, I'm here, almost 30 of our employees out of 88, I think we are now, are offsite. And and I have relationships with those those folks. And so I didn't want the communication to come piecemeal. And I think that's the other real thing. You know, one of the really important pieces of this is focusing on, you know, the communication coming both timely, meaning we have our plan. So mm-hmm. we're not scrambling, but we're not waiting too long because word gets out. But also making sure that the appropriate parties are notified out of respect. So, for instance, I called my one direct report and told her verbally versus sending an email and having that land in her inbox, you know, that would have been, I think, very jarring, you know, so, you know, I think, I think it's little things like that. And unfortunately, when things are moving quickly, you don't have the time to think it through and be very methodical about it, which can be a challenge. What's the feeling like when, when you send out that email and you know, it's like, it's just hanging out over you and you know what people are, they're obviously thinking about it. Yeah. But yeah. you don't know exactly what they're thinking. And also you get to, we have like an all team meeting and, you know, we, then we discuss it and yeah. we're, you know, we've got 40 some people sitting in a room and it's, is it awkward for you? Like, what is it? What's the feeling of that whole situation? I will give you two answers. You know, I am an incredibly emotional, open book person. So I think most I'm people pretty, are I'm pretty here. transparent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, I have a really hard time keeping it bottled in. So, you know, and even mentioning it in an all team meeting, yeah. you know, the month week after I sent my email, the same month that I sent my email, I began to tear up. I know yeah. that my last all time meeting everybody will be did. very yeah. emotional for me, at least. Um, I will tell you that when I sent that email, I was surprised. I, I expected that 
the leadership team would want to control the communication a little bit more in the sense of like kind of having a plan for mm. when the team would be notified. And I really mm. respected um, Alicia and, you know, Tana and Anne saying sooner is better. We don't want people to find One out. One of our promise statements is openly, honestly, openly honestly, sincerely and direct and timely. And timely. Yeah. So I was surprised. I was not prepared to send that out that day. Yeah. So I was surprised by that. That said, I was sitting in my cubicle when I sent it out. So I was here in the office. And so I could hear you're it like hitting. Pe- you're peeking up over the <laughs> I could the hear cube. it hitting people's inbox and person oh, after gosh. person came over. And at some point I had to leave because I was becoming, you know, so emotional and, and I didn't want to yeah, distract. distract. I didn't want to yeah. distract from the team. Sure. So, And unfortunately, and this is embarrassing, I have 33 unread emails in my inbox of people who responded to me, yourself included. Yeah, I, I didn't sweet, get a response. What's up with that? You didn't because I, I literally can't <laughs> open it. To this day, I, I start crying in my my cubicle if I see that. So I am going to respond. But I mean, it just shows you that, you know, I think part of what you do when you're in that transition mode is compartmentalizing to be at your best for your clients. I mean, they still have things going on. Absolutely. We we delayed the communication to the clients for a while so we could make sure we had a plan in place about who was going to help support them from here. And so there was a weird kind of feeling of, you know, very close personal relationships of mine that I've developed over 10 years at Zenium, you know, of not, not, not telling them and needing to keep my head in the game and be there to support their employees and yeah. and the team. So your whole transition, it's going beautifully, right? I feel like it. Yeah, I, you know, it, it seems like from the communication to now, harder. it's not. Yeah, <laughs> like you're just talking about you get antsy at some point and yeah. you probably get distracted. It's and... almost, for me, it's harder because the details are getting more real and the yeah. pace is picking up a little bit in terms of now it's actual transition work. And then what's also harder is we deal with people and there is no beginning or end point. It's not like when I finish this report, it's done. I've done that project. You know, most of my work is in supporting people. So I have several situations that I'm kind of midstream in right now where we're working through some really tough situations where I want to be there to support these employees ongoing or this manager or this company. And I know I'm not going to see it out. I mean, you know, this baby isn't due for three Mm. more months or this person won't be back from leave until after I'm gone. And that to me, there's a lot of unfinished business because people are people. And being able to let go and trust that at Zenium, we've assembled an amazing team to pick up the reins and run with it is something that I'm coming to terms with, but it's hard to let go. Let's talk about when it doesn't go so well. Yeah. So luckily, we have like such a great leadership yeah. team here where hearing about it first isn't that important to people probably. Yeah. I know my cousin, like not hearing it first probably wouldn't have didn't bothered her. her. Yeah, it didn't phase <laughs> her. But what happens when a manager learns through the grapevine that this person's leaving a key employee and they didn't hear about it first. I actually have had that happen in several scenarios. And there, you know, in many cases, the man, there's a personal shock and kind like of how dare betrayal. You? Yeah. And unfortunately, I've seen some managers react to that and march into the employee and confront them. And it's not um, about them. And well, and, and, you know, demand their resignation on the spot. So we've had some transitions that have escalated because of a personal offense. And that's rare. I think most of the time people are willing to work through it. But I think, you know, when that comes up, 
there may be a variety of factors that are going on for that employee in terms of what they're not communicating or when they're not communicating. I think as a manager, finding out, first of all, from the person who's telling you, do you have a sense of what this employee's timeline is? So we heard that Dave is leaving, that he is interviewing with another company, or that you know, he may have given his resignation to you verbally, a coworker, but he hasn't said anything to me, his manager. What, you mean like a like a coworker being like a trusted friend yeah, or somebody who just, resigned. and then they start yep. chattering, yep. Hey, I'm and then the manager catches wind, right. and manager it's like, hey, what's, what's up with this? Right. So finding out from that person, the, the gossip mill, if you can, when Dave is intending to notify you is a good way to start, because it may be that, you know, hey, I've been in meetings all day. He mentioned it to a coworker because he couldn't find you, that kind of thing. But if it's not that and it's, you know, this person is interviewing or they are, there's no communication timeline that we're aware of. I think as a manager, if you have a good relationship going to that employee and saying, hey, there's a rumor going around that you may be leaving. I just wanted to talk with you openly hmm. about that. I want to support you if that's the case. Is that true? Mm, that's a good way to handle I don't, it though. No, this is not me confronting you. This is me just looking out for our relationship and authentic communication. And of course, I am concerned about making sure that we're strategic about the work that you do. So if this person's in a client service role, I want to make sure our clients are served. And it's awkward. I mean, nobody, you know, if you're not intending to resign yet and the word is out there, people could either not be truthful or be defensive or apologetic. I mean, there's a whole host of responses. But I think the manager leading with open communication and non-retaliatory. Starts from within. Right. It really does. Then hopefully that's going to open that door and not, you know, slam it shut, basically. Do you find that a lot of managers do react that way? Like the open, authentic? It's 50-50. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy to me that they're in a management role. I mean, human beings are irrational. We know that, right? We're emotional. Well, and there are some positions that it's more difficult. So if I am someone who is a critical member of the leadership team, I'm the CFO and I'm thinking of leaving, there's a panic response because there may be no one else who's trained to take my role or there may be the fact that I'm handling very sensitive, confidential, timely information that needs to be dealt with. You know, maybe that I'm a a healthcare provider with a patient load. You know, what's going to happen to those people? So I think that, you know, the more respectful the manager can be, even if the communication hasn't been particularly proactive on the employee side, the more control we have in terms of making that a positive transition all the way around. But it's difficult. Put on your HR hat for a second or manager hat. What needs to happen in between the time that communication goes out? from the time that you actually transition and the obviously we've, we've talked about the time will vary based on the, the transition whether or not it's amicable all those things but what needs to happen in between my comment earlier about this is such a a difficult spot because we're usually given so little time so we're usually given two weeks and if we have to recruit to refill that position that two weeks is a drop in the yeah, bucket and you need right? to train you need to train people right? too exactly so you know if you have for your key positions a transition plan in place or an SOP around transition. So for example, I can only use Zenium here in in terms of the example, but we have a key account transition worksheet that your cousin, Alicia, Mm -hmm. who is such a great process mind, helped us create that talks about everything from who is their broker? When do they have open enrollment? When was their handbook most recently updated? Who are the key contacts and how do they like to be communicated with? So it's got the soft side of things as well. You know, what have been the biggest challenges in working with this client? 
What are the rewards? How do they like to have team meetings? How frequently do you expect to see them? You know, some of this, we now are at a point where we're more sophisticated. And this is largely in part to our CRM system. We have some analytics that we didn't have previously, which is really helpful to give us utilization information. But there needs to be a process and a format, truthfully, a sheet, an old fashioned sheet for a brain dump. This is everything about that client. And bless her heart, you know, Alicia spearheaded a task force a number of years ago where the team worked really hard to create a transition sheet. And that that happens, you know, um, when maybe a client has requested a transition of, you know, key account managers. And so, you know, maybe no one's leaving, but we're transitioning this account because someone's changing their role or what have you. So it's a really helpful process. So that kind of handles the process side and whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be customer service. It could be this is my job, you know, looking at the job description again, going Going back over that, that's important to, you know, thinking about what kinds of communication are going to be necessary throughout that conversation. For me, there was a lot of time spent going back through my pit of a desk. You know, does Zenium need this? Should I just recycle this? Mm. You know, for us with client information, we archive that. So getting that process rolling so somebody's not inheriting my mess. Data dump. Yeah, data dump, exactly. So, you know, kind of figuring that piece out to the, the last few days. So, you know, coordinating a goodbye party. We are so intermingled now technologically as employees. Our personal and our private is Absolutely. so intermixed. Yeah, my cell phone is my only cell phone and it's not my cell phone but it has been for 10 years and so, so you're I think probably going to port you're going to keep that number i assume i don't want anything to do with that number brandon oh you don't <laughs> no. oh that makes actually makes sense <laughs> I don't so you, want you're that ditching number. it and it means yeah, you all know, your per- your friends yep, and your family now you yep. have to get a new so, phone and... you know that's an important piece of this is realizing that oh and and for some employers i mean many of my employers say you can take the phone you can take the number that's fine so coordinating that and thinking about what that looks like and when will the email be turned off and what will the email say and all of that good stuff right down to, gosh, what documents, you know, do I have that Zenium needs? You know, I've done all my work on my laptop, which is a company laptop, so I don't have to worry about that. But if people have brought things home and worked on their personal desktops, making sure that we get all of the intellectual property back and that we're not leaving that employee hanging so that, you know, they have no way of, we've had unfortunately terminations where the employee's phone was a company phone. We take that phone and they have no way to literally even call their spouse you know, when they leave work. Interesting. It's painful, you know, keys, credit cards, all that good stuff. So, you know, that's kind of classic for any transition. And of course, with an amicable transition with notice, you have time to think that through. But that's a a really good, I'm glad you made that point. And it's actually giving me anxiety if like I ever had to transition for it. I have like all my, (laughs) my personal credit card is tied to all this this marketing stuff that I do. Um, All of my personal contacts, you know, are in my Zenium phone. My calendar is a... So I got a solution for you. And this is the thanks to technology. (laughs) Um, I have an iPhone. Yep. Luckily, there's a lot of nice integrations with different software, but I have all my contacts in Gmail. That's smart. And all the contacts will sync back and forth. That's And you can choose what syncs and what doesn't. But anytime I make a change on on Google contacts, it syncs right to my iPhone. Perfect. So that way, you know, well, my phone's my personal phone now. I actually moved to personal. Yeah. But if you ever had a work phone, you can do the same thing. Just right. push it right to your phone. Right. I'll that way it gets that, taken you know? away and you, you don't lose anything. One of the first things I did when I actually resigned was to go out 
and get an actual physical old-fashioned calendar, a planner. You know, wow. because I, no, I will not be purchasing my own cell phone until early June, you know, my last month of employment. And, you know, right now, everything from, you know, Liam has a birthday party, you know, all of that's going in my work calendar right now. So, hmm. you know, it's, it's thinking about unraveling that. I've also seen companies lose control of the social media, not social media so much as the one I'm putting in this category would be LinkedIn. So, you know, a lot of employees forget to update LinkedIn. So it will note that yes. they're still a member well, of that Well, so a lot company. of times it's tied to their, e- yeah. their work email. Exactly. And that's probably not a good idea because then you move and you can't access that email yep. anymore. But really asking people as part of that exit process when it is amicable to, hey, remember to update your LinkedIn and note your final day here or your final month here, you know. And that's really for their own career search as much as anything else. Absolutely. If you're, if you're still employed yeah. two years after you left your job, you know, that's not looking good. So we want to make sure that's active. So thinking about that. And then I think also having a really well thought out exit interview process. You know, we learn so much. I was going to ask you about that. I'm so glad yeah. that you asked that. It's a very good opportunity for somebody like yourself. Been with the company 10 years. Yeah. Give valuable feedback. Absolutely. And so yeah. there's a person who's been here a year. There's a trend towards stay interviews, which I really respect, which is when you come to an existing employee and you say, we love that you love it here. We want to know what you love about this place, or we want to make sure that you love this place and that we're aware of what keeps you here, what motivates you prior to you leaving. So but that's a, there's a certain level of like, I don't know if people could be authentic I agree in those you. just I because I think they're valuable. Don't get yeah. me wrong. And I love those surveys because I'm pretty authentic with feedback, but I always feel like people they're afraid to give 100% authentic feedback because like maybe their job would be on the line if they said something critical of somebody or something no you're right we hear different things I mean I've done exit interviews with people three weeks after a stay interview and the answers are completely different and they (laughs) say I felt like telling you that I was leaving when we met but I couldn't yet yeah because I hadn't gotten my final offer but let me tell you how I really feel yeah and boom here it all comes. And please don't send this until five o'clock on my last day. That's interesting. You know? So that's a piece around the, you know, the emotional intelligence kind of reading what this employee might have to say and the timing around the exit interview. Really important. I think there's a solution for that. And correct me if you think I'm wrong about this, but like something we've done here to kind of bypass that, because I think people are pretty authentic, is we make sure it's integrated in our, our behavior statements, yep. the, the things that we want people to do. So authentic uh, feedback, open timely, open communication, all those things. We ask for feedback a lot. We actually, when we get results back, we put it up on PowerPoints or whatever in an all team meeting and say, here's what you said. Here's what we're going to work on. And I think people are more likely to give critical feedback knowing that, hey, they're actually working on it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, a lot of people feel like, what's the point of an exit interview? Who sees this? That's usually the first question. It probably, for most companies, it probably sits in a drawer somewhere. If they even do it. If they even do it. Yeah. They often want to know who's going to see it and when. Yeah. So if I'm meeting with you two days before your last day or on your last day, but in the morning at 9am of your last day? Is this going to be emailed to my manager right now? Will I have a chance to review it before you send it? Because you're taking notes, but what if you don't get me quite right? Or what if I change my mind? So there's a there's a lot of thought that needs to be put into, you know, the how, the why, the what, and the when of an exit interview. Absolutely. The labor market is completely bonkers right now. Yeah. It's people are moving fast. They're transitioning quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of high skilled jobs available, it seems like, or, or employers are, are trying to find high skilled em- employees yeah. to come work for them, poaching from different companies. So yeah. people are transitioning quite a bit. Yes. So this is an issue. This isn't just isolated to no. you or you know, to Zenium every once in a while. We don't lose very many employees, but it hurts when, yeah. when we lose somebody like you. And yeah. 
I think it'll become a bigger issue. You, you're looking at, you know, my favorite statistic and people who come to my trainings are sick of hearing it, but by 2025, 75% of the American workforce will be 35 years old or younger. So we're looking at the departure of the baby boomer generation for a whole variety of reasons, encore careers, volunteer careers, um, retirement, you know, whatever the reason, often they're taking consulting roles, you know, which is a freeing, but, you know, sometimes a loss for the company um, situation. So we really need to be thinking not just about succession planning, but transitions when they come up, having a plan in place. And I think it starts from day one of hiring someone and creating that open, authentic and trusting relationship where you can share with me if you're thinking that you might be leaving, you know, well in advance of your departure. We're not going to have a knee jerk reaction. I mean, a lot of my family said, you can't tell Zenium so early that you're leaving. It's the right thing They to might do. fire you no. because they need to get, you know, someone in there to, to it's going to be there. Hmm. You know, they might accept your notice early. But you know, you know us. Yeah, yeah, I knew. I, you know, I trusted. And it and it has not, you know, done me wrong at all. And it has been so freeing to be able to be open and honest about what was going on for us on the family side. Not everyone is lucky enough to work in an environment like that. And we're, we do the work of trying to create environments like that. But it does come down to individual relationships between managers and employees at the end of the day. You know, do you want me here? Or do you, you know, do you want to be here? I mean, that's the question we both ask each other every day in an at-will relationship. Do you want to be here? And do you want me here? You know, and we hope the answer is always yes. But when it's not, for any reason, we hope it can be a graceful transition in that process. So this podcast is likely going to air after the fact that you're going to leave. Uh, I think you're going to leave on June 9th or we're something. Still, it's up in the air a little yeah. bit. Yep. This sometime podcast, will pro- we're recording today. It's May 3rd. This will probably go out sometime mid-June just based on our schedule. What do you want your last day to look like? Oh, boy. Have you even thought about that? I have not thought you're gonna about have, that. I'm going to force you to think about yeah, it right now. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I think it'll be pretty emotional. Um, you know, so much of the HR business partner role is spent out of the office. Yes. So in the field, um, running between clients, you know, uh, sitting at a coffee shop to check email momentarily. I imagine by that point that my clients will be pretty much, you know, handed off and off and running with their new, you know, partner. So I, I really hope it is, you know, time spent in office wrapping things up and, you know, hopefully with a big box of tissue somewhere close at hand. Well, you'll find a box in my office here. It's <laughs> <Thanks>, Brandon. Because <laughs> I'll probably need it too. Um, what about a party? Anything like that? We are talking about doing a, some kind of a send-off in yeah. June at some point. Yeah, we were hoping for the weather to get nice, and it looks like it's, it's cooperating today is our at first. least. <laughs> we have, we're supposed to have 80-degree weather. Here, but yeah. it rained yesterday. It poured yesterday. <laughs> I like, I don't, I don't this, this weather is this crazy. Is Portland, anymore. Right. Yeah, we're... And you're gonna to go to Michigan, which it's even yes. more crazy. It's very, yes. it's very seasonal, though, right? They, yeah, they have the actual four seasons. Although uh, my my mother-in-law and my my in-laws there are fond of telling me that you know they actually had a, a milder winter than Portland did this year. So we we miss the snow. We're going back for snow partially. So it'll be it'll be fun. We're giving up a lot here. You are giving up a lot. Yeah, it's this is tough. It's tough. It is but I'm, tough. Re- I'm really thankful that you came on and talked about this. Thank you. We haven't even really discuss this in person besides this podcast no um, i knew i would get emotional yeah yeah. this has been the greatest privilege of my life this career yeah this home yeah we are gonna miss you big time i will miss it i Uh, will always be a fan yeah well well luckily for us um if you're open to it 
we can always have you on the podcast. Oh, because, I'd love that. Uh, oh, I do good. most of my interviews via <laughs> Skype nowadays, which listeners probably don't even know that. But I promise to yeah. uh, to to create interesting material for you after I there leave. you go. <laughs> yeah, well, you're gonna have to keep you're gonna have to come on so listeners can figure out what you're up to because you've been on what six or seven podcasts oh, by now, yeah. something like that. It's so, an honor. I yeah. love it. I love uh, it. This is you know one of the great privileges of my career will be being able to look back and see where Zenium goes from here. Yeah, um, because we have such an amazing team such amazing clients and we're doing such incredible work it's something i will always be proud of. isn't that interesting as a transitioning employee you're like man this is i've been here so long it's like a baby to me and i helped grow Mm -hmm. it and then you could you know when you're leaving you just could see like i hope it just keeps on growing without me it will no doubt and so it's got to make you feel pretty good it does it does we're leaving in a great spot yeah well, good. Anything else you want to cover, Molly? I mean, this no, has been a lot of fun. No, I think I'm about to lose it, Brandon. You better cut me off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, hey, if you want to stay connected with Molly, I'm sure you're on LinkedIn. I am. Um, I am. You can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. And thanks for the download today. This has been a lot of fun. And thank you, Molly. Thank you all. And good wishes to you. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only. It should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com. <laughs>